everyone. Thank you for joining us today on the Numa for Youth Agency podcast from YA Media. I'm your host for today, Elliot Shriver. And our guests today are, well, we have many. So would you like to go around introducing yourselves, maybe share your pronouns, and if you're comfortable, your sexuality? Hi, I'm Finley. Um, My pronouns are he, him. Um, I'm gay. Hi, I'm Cheetah. My pronouns are she, her. I am bisexual. Hi, I'm Cole. My pronouns are he, they, and I'm queer. Hello, my name is Colin, and I am a homosexual. Hi, I'm Roman. I'm non-binary, use they, them pronouns, and I'm a lesbian. Okay, great. I just realized I forgot to share me. So I, I'm Elliot. I go by she, her, and I'm a lesbian. All right, so let's get straight into it. Well, <laughs> not straight, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Cliche. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, going right into it, how do you feel that being queer has defined your life experience? And whoever would like to start can. Um, well, I don't know. It, it kind of helped me get like more close to other people because we got to share life experiences that most other people couldn't share. Um, I mean, it also like it made me scared of some things, but like I really think that having a community was really nice. I also agree with the community thing, but it also made me feel comfortable with myself. Like I learned how to love myself as well as love the community I'm in. And it just was a very like positive thing all around. Um, I was thinking about what Finley said, um, definitely fear. I know like being gay has made my life a lot more like anxiety ridden in a lot of scenarios, Um, just like still very much not being comfortable in a lot of public spaces just because of who I am, you know, because I'm very much masculine. Um, so when I go to like stores that are very much like stereotyped for women, like I did recently have to go like um, dress shopping for prom. And when I was there, like I got a lot of like nasty looks from people like, what are you doing in here? Like, like why are you shopping for a dress? It's like, sorry. So, I feel like my experience is a bit different because it was more of finding who I am and I found a community after that. So it was a lot of feeling alone and like having to be able to like figure out who I was all by myself. But like after you start to understand who you are, it it's so much better like feeling that you are unique and yourself that's awesome yeah i think i mean would you want to go more into the journey of finding out who you are because that can be like you said a very isolating experience because i mean in some cases people feel like they don't have anyone to talk to and they haven't really seen or been around people who are openly and unapologetically queer and so it can feel like it's very scary to go into this new you're trying to figure it out and you feel like you don't want to talk about it because you don't want to be judged but you also need to talk about it because you need to figure out who you are and so would you would anyone like to talk more about that journey and how they felt going into it um I didn't have much of a journey 
one day I was like, wow, I like women. And then I just kind of continued about my day. Like, that's literally how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> my parents, they're always really accepting. They're always preaching acceptance. So I wasn't, like, scared about it or anything. I was like, oh, okay. That's <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. I had not that easy of, um like, accepting myself. It took years to truly understand who I am. Um, more on that, I guess. Um, it was kind of like steps to try and like understand, okay, I am part of the LGBTQ community. And then it was like, I was trying to figure out who I was inside of that. And it was at first when you don't know labels or like things like that, it's really overwhelming. But after like, I did like thousands and thousands of like, of like (laughs) tests and like, (laughs) and like, websites and things and I would say I have like a lot of knowledge about things that I I don't even identify as even just like looking at as much as I can and understanding my experience um I was in Alabama I grew up there and it's a lot more um well it's less accepting there obviously there's a lot of stuff going on down there and um my cousin was over one day and she's like hey you can't tell anyone this but I I'm bi and I'm like what's that I was never taught what gay was I had no clue what it was um, I was actually, actually, I think I did have a clue, but I was one of the kids that made jokes about it. I was one of the attack helicopter kids. Um, and I, when she told me what it was and explained it to me, I was like, oh, I think I'm bi too. I was wrong. But, um, then from there I took steps on being like, okay, well, maybe I'm not bi. I'm more of a lesbian because I don't have attraction to men. It was more compact. And um, over time, I realized I didn't feel like a girl either. So, um, and I'm not a guy either. So I just became non-binary. And it was a bunch of just small realizations that led to who I am today. Um, yeah. Okay. You said a great thing there, Roman. You mentioned compat. And I, I'm i assuming that some of our listeners will not know what that is. And that sort compat's sort of like you think. I mean, it could be for anyone along the gender spectrum thinking they like someone because they're supposed to or because they think they're quote unquote they think they're straight or they think that's who they're supposed to like but they don't actually and I was wondering if anyone would feel comfortable going more into the process of like duping yourself out and like lying to yourself because you think it's easier yeah so I thought I was a lesbian at first because I didn't truly understand that I could like men in a non-woman way and it was it was like I it was a lot to unpack when I first realized that like my gender and then I was like oh I'm not straight so it was like it was um it was a big turnaround for me. Okay. Um, Cole. Yes. (laughs) Would you like to go more into, like, your journey along, like, realizing that you're not cis and also just, like, if you're comfortable sharing more about your journey and how and, like, the ups and downs? Yeah. Um, 
It's it's definitely hard. I've been out for almost like a year now and it's 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 interesting because I'm at a point where like a lot of people they see me as a boy without realizing that I'm trans so it, it feels good but it also feels weird in a way that it's not something that I generally think people would have like said but it makes me feel so good about myself that it's like I wouldn't ever change it like how I am today so yeah that's awesome I mean I know personally I did not know you were trans for a while like I knew you went by he they pronouns but I didn't know that you were trans (laughs) and so that's awesome to learn but yeah (laughs) um well I, I really didn't have as much as a journey as Cole right like at one point, I was just like, oh, this feels right. Um, so I guess I can't really explain compulsory heterosexuality or compet um, or anything like that um, because I just, it never really stuck with me. Um, yeah, I mentioned compet earlier. And I think the moment that I realized that it was compet was um, actually, um, I transitioned from having normal, like, dreams like with having a husband and like whatever like you know family like and I started having dreams of like happily having a wife or a partner or something like that and I realized that I just didn't I didn't fit into the um bi spectrum or like anything like that well not bi spectrum but you know I was just completely a lesbian and um it was hard to kind of realize because, you know, it's kind of like you're supposed to have, um, you're supposed to be straight, you're supposed to be this, but I don't think it's supposed to be anything. It's just who you love, I guess. That's very well said, Roman. I think that's awesome the way you articulated that. Um, I mean, this is sort of going into a different aspect of it, but what do you guys think is different more about growing up today as part of the LGBTQ community as opposed to like 20 years ago? I mean, obviously, there's a lot, but just going going into it. Legality. I said that wrong. It's legality. 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 Yes, Colin. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Well, I feel like even though it's legal, a lot of people still don't accept it. Um. However, I think that way more people accept it now than they did in the past. Um. Specifically, like. Even though religious aspects, I don't, I don't know if I can talk about that, but religious, um, a lot of religions don't accept it, right? Um, but even still, they've come like so far in the matter of like loving everyone rather than just like loving a certain few, right? Yeah, I also feel it's been like, of course, it's not 100% yet. It will take a bit before it is, but it's been more normalized. Like, I see it in media now, and sometimes it's not as big as a, of a deal. Um, but, like, recently with The Owl House, we just had Disney animating, like, well, it's not Disney, Disney. But um, D- uh, Dana, who made the show, um, she had uh, her first animated kiss between two like one bisexual character, one lesbian. Um, so woman loving woman characters kissing on Disney. Like that's, we would never have had that 20 years ago and kids are growing up to be able to see that now. Um, I think the, <laughs> the biggest thing about 
um, 20 years ago and today is just our knowledge and the the ability to be able to go on the internet and learn um, sometimes for the worse, but a lot of times for the better. Um, I think that the internet can help in a lot of ways to like understand yourself, being able to like, especially not really having a space where there's people who identify as LGBTQ and you there's like you have never heard of this thing before and it's like you only hear it in jokes that people made in elementary school to add on to what cole was saying i think the internet has definitely helped people um find themselves as like 20 years ago there wasn't much internet you couldn't really find your communities but now you can find your communities yeah i was actually going to ask a question about that about how you think the internet has been a big like helped you find out who you are because I know personally like honestly I mean even just going on apps and like seeing communities and people finding themselves and knowing who they are but also with like television and movies and stuff and having that representation can be so important because actually seeing it when you can't see it like in real life when it's not around you is, is so important to finding out who you are and to I just know for me that was a big Thing that helped me realize who I am but yeah <laughs> I think the internet is super important because you can find people all around the world who are like you it's not just like community-wide like in your local area it's all over the world and it starts to spread that it's okay to be who you are because there's people like you everywhere it's not just like a small thing no like there's it's everywhere you know <laughs> Um, to build off like what Roman said about not feeling as isolated with the internet, I think it also helps that like when more people like say they're gay, straight, whatever, um, more people will feel like it's okay to come out um, on the internet, right? So more and more people will do it and it's like a vicious cycle, but not vicious. So I don't know, a benevolent cycle. It's a good cycle. It's a good cycle. It's a good cycle. I would like to build off of what Finley said um, based on coming out. I feel like there's a lot of pressure with the internet on having to come out. I feel like there, like, especially in, like, early 2010s, there was a spike in a lot of people coming out. And I feel like it puts a lot of pressure on a lot of people to be like, hey, I'm gay. And I feel like that's not necessarily something that we need to do. Um, not to mention COVID uh, trapped a lot of people in their houses. And when you're stuck with nothing but your thoughts, that caused a lot of people to really like realize like um, a lot about themselves. And I know there was a really big spike of people coming out around like um, 2021, like 2020. I know personally, um, the pandemic was a big factor in I mean, when you're at home and you're really left with nothing but yourself and the internet, that can be a big, like, figuring out who you are in a lot more ways than one. Um, but I want to go back to what Cole was saying and their opinions on coming out. And what do you guys think about it? Some people don't see it as necessary. Some people think, like, I know 
it's different to come out in different spaces, like to your family or to your friends or just like to the general public. It can be very different experiences and can go at a different rate for different people. If I have to come out to you, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> me too, me too. Yeah. <laughs> you should know. <laughs> I came out once in seventh grade and was like, if you don't know like now, like currently, then you'll never know. <laughs> I, s I was like, you know what, I like girls. And then I was like, well, you can decide this. I never came out to my parents. I said, they'll probably just assume, because they're always like, well, if you want to date boys or girls, <laughs> if you want to marry a boy or a girl, <laughs> they always throw it in there. <laughs> I go, okay, well, they know. Um, for me, my experience coming out to my parents wasn't really normal. Um, I, I made the mistake of being a bit too open about myself online and also like talking to like my mom, like, you know, hinting to what my account is, but I never like really said what it is, but I was opening uh, openly by at that point um, on social media and she found my account and she's like, so what's this about? And I'm like, oh yeah, um, I, I like girls too, you know? And she's like, well, how do you know? And I'm like, I don't know, how do you know you don't like girls? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. But I wish it didn't have to be such a big thing. Um, but I think it can also be really special if you trust someone. But I, at this point, I don't have to come out to anyone because I just look openly gay. <laughs> like, yeah. Um. So to build off like what Roman said, um, I really don't think it should be as big a deal as it is. But like, I also think it's really sweet um, if you're talking to someone and you come out to them and you love them and you trust them and for them to just support you, I think that's such a nice feeling. Um, I mean, I know I had that. Um, my mom was very supportive. Um, but I just, I think, I don't think it should be as dramatic, right? But I think it should be a little dramatic. I, I, I like being dramatic, I guess, is what I'm trying to say here. Um, I love that, Finley. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Um, so I think it was, we had a few people touch on this about like, quote unquote, looking gay. So this, this isn't, I mean, you weren't really talking about stereotypes per se, but do you think there's a point where like you feel comfortable yourself assuming someone else is gay or not straight? Or do you think that that's not something people should do? I guess is my question. What I said about like, I don't like if I have to come out, like then I'm doing something wrong. That's kind of like a thing that's like for friends. Cause like, if I don't know you, that's not your business. If you're looking at me, you shouldn't be assuming things about who I like or what, like you shouldn't be assuming that about anyone, like about what they like or, you know, whatever, what their personal lives are like. But if you're like my friend and you know me, if you don't know that I'm gay, then I'm doing something wrong. So it's like, you know, if you're just some rando, rando person on the street, it's like, you don't need to know that. Like, if you look at me and look at someone else and can't tell like which one of us is gay or which one of us is straight, perfectly fine. Like, they don't need to be knowing that. Um. So personally, I'm gonna have to disagree with you, Colin, totally respectfully, but I love guessing if people are gay. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> In books, absolutely. I will analyze that till the end of day. No, in real life. Um, <laughs> it makes me so happy. Um, and normally I'm right, which is probably my, the thing that makes me the most happy. Um, 
But I don't know. I think um, if you're able to guess if someone's gay, you can feel a little more comfortable around them to talk about it. Like if, if you're specifically if you haven't come out or if you're not comfortable with yourself, if you have someone to talk to who's like openly gay and openly looks gay, I think it would be like a nice thing. When I first came into high school, um, I was a band kid originally, and I remember coming in um, with a flannel on, hoping to, I know, I know, a band kid, whatever. Um, but I remember having a flannel on, like, literally hoping that someone would think I was gay, so then I could, I had long hair at this point, and, like, I wasn't openly, like, but I was hoping that someone would um, come up to me, and, like, then I would be able to have friends that were more like me. Um, so I'm personally okay if it's like another member of the community that's like trying to figure out if you're gay or not. But if it's like a straight person, like a cishet person that's like, you're gay, I'll be like, yeah. And um, that shouldn't be the first thing you think about me. Like, I don't know, that shouldn't be the first conclusion you make. I really like, Roman, what you said about trying to like do something so it's like a little community thing because I feel like there's a lot of things that I think is really good like when the, th- the bi thing where like the cuffed jeans and like I wear rainbow bracelets um a lot and like there's like a lot of things that like <laughs> if um like that people will see and if they're part of the community they can like feel comfortable around you and I think that's really good yeah I completely agree with that I think that it's easier to like, like I don't want to have to ex- not explain myself, but have to come out to everyone. Like sometimes it's just, I really hope they can tell because I don't want to have to say it. But again, like for just random like people in school or people in the hallway who I'm not entirely sure if they're like supportive or if they're like homophobic, I'd really, I don't really want them to like know because that again, source of fear, maybe. I, if someone looks at me and is like, you're gay, I'll probably be like, yeah. And I'll just kind of shrug at them. Because honestly, what, if they say something to me, I'm, I'm extremely confrontational, so I'll just say something probably mean back. <laughs> They'd be like, I hate you. And I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, just absolutely really like, um, someone like, you know, it's like, oh, you're gay. It's like, I know, I hate myself too. <laughs> Oh my god, we have so much in common. It's like, oh my god, I can really relate. Your hatred towards me is absolutely understandable. I feel it too. Um, so I have to um to build off of what Jada said and what Colin made a joke out of. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I I think I'm um once you're comfortable enough in your sexuality to understand that it doesn't define you, um you should I I personally at least I feel more comfortable. Um, just letting people think what they want to think. Um, that might just be a me thing. But I feel like if th- your sexuality defines you, um, maybe take a look at yourself and find a personality, I guess. Um, and if it does define you, that's fine. Just work on it a bit and yeah, try I th- to. <laughs> yeah. I think um, end, of sto- like end of the story, or at, at the end of the day, rather, I was trying to think of the... Okay, I'm getting to the point. Um do what you want. If you want to like people to know, like just by looking at you that you're gay, then absolutely. And if not, then absolutely. Like it's no matter what, like we can debate about like what's the best. Um, it's just what's the best is what's best for you. Like just whatever you want is 
what you want and that's what you should do. Yeah, it's just about loving yourself. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I think definitely with queer culture, I think that it's definitely a form of self-expression to be able to like, quote unquote, look gay. And I think that it can be really, really good. And I personally love to quote unquote look gay a lot of the time, but I don't think I do it very well. Well, like, yeah, I'm very much like, I don't love looking gay, but I absolutely love wearing a dress. You know, like I don't wear a dress because, oh, I want it to make me look gay and I, that makes me happy. I wanna wear a dress because dresses look absolutely fantastic. I love you, Colin. Okay, um, we have sort of been brushing on this topic on stereotypes, because we were talking about looking gay from the perspective of queer culture and of, in the LGBTQ community, but what do we think about like people who are straight and cis, their perspective on like the stereotypes of the LGBTQ community and how that can be hurtful? The, stere- the really big stereotype of bisexuals is that we cheat on people, which I just find funny. <laughs> There's no comment on that. I just find it funny and stupid. Um, stereotype for lesbians is that um, we're not actually lesbians. We like men. We just want to be fixed. No, we don't. Stay away from us. Please do. Like, don't don't come anywhere near us. Ten foot pole. We don't want that. Please don't. <laughs> yeah, a thing about, like, stereotypes is that you can do your best to inform people, but at the like you can't really stop people from having like stereotypes about you. Like you can try and inform them as much as you want, but like that won't stop them from like thinking in their head like whatever they want about you. So like it's just really like. Um, actually, it's funny because the other day in one of my classes, we were talking about once oh like one story. Um, if you guys have heard of that. And that's where stereotypes root from. It's because a lot of us, like, sometimes we get one story about something, and from there we start to base our ideas off of that. And the more that, like, it gets normalized, like, um, like the community and stuff like that, um, I think the less that we're going to maybe have these stereotypes because not, like, it's not all one thing. We're not all defined by one thing. (laughs) That was great, Roman. Thank you. Um, this is, again, we're sort of going off of what we just said, but if you could say, like, one thing to people who are not in the LGBTQ community, like, if they had to learn one thing from you, what would you tell them? Well, I'd probably tell them that gay people are just, like, everyone. They're, they're normal. They're, like, like, I might like men, um, but I like everything else. I like playing the cello, um. Yeah, we are building off of what you just said. Um, like, I like what other people like. I like theater. I like books. I like movies. Like, I I like to do um, things that everyone else likes to do. It's like being gay isn't my personality. And like, you shouldn't just be like, oh, you're gay. I'm going to treat you differently. No, um, just treat me like a normal person, please. Um, I it's probably cheesy, a little bit cheesy. But um, I think just love is love. <laughs> um, it is, um, but I'm going to build off of it, so it's fine. Um, there is, there is like, 
there is a lot of differences in relationships between like gay and straight relationships but in at the end of the day it's just people loving each other exactly that's great cool thank you whoa 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 (laughs) (laughs) we got some thumbs down over here what's going on okay is this sarcastic or genuine oh i love cole Um, Everything I wow. do is genuine. Lying through your teeth, early? No, I love Cole so much. Um, love is love. <laughs> love is love, Cole. Um, my love expresses itself in different ways from other people, obviously. Yeah. Thumbs down. Um. Okay. Thank you, Finley, for the clarification. Um, this, okay. Clarification on something they couldn't even see. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't see it. Elliot broke her I brought it up. There was laughter. If there is random laughter, just assume that there is something visual happening <laughs> that, yeah. that you can't see. Don't. You're so unlucky. You can't see us. <laughs> you can't see our outfits or how we express ourselves well. <laughs> I know. We all look yes. incredibly gay. Yeah. Speaking of yeah. gay, surprisingly, not all theater kids are gay. That's a lie. That's the first <laughs> oh, well, they don't know they're gay yet. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. No, 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 no. You might be onto something. You might be onto something. I think Roman is onto something. All right. I have something to add to that. Okay. What I've found is that in my involvement personally with theater, the crew is more gay than the cast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, I feel a bit targeted here. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a bit targeted. I feel like it's just because crew is smaller than cast. Crew is better, is what I'm hearing. True. Right. Yeah. True. Stand crew. Well, as, yes. As a cast member, <laughs> I I'm a theater kid on the stage, but I also do crew. But I gotta say, crew is slightly more gay. But like, I won't admit that. Other than now. Um, but there are a lot of gay people in cast as well. I think we're kind of everywhere in theater. Like, just go to the theater. We're probably there. <laughs> I feel like we're getting off topic. So, there were topics. <laughs> okay. Oh. Um, yes. El- elaborating on that, all of theater, I think, has become a safe space for the LGBTQ community, which I love. Um, moving on. What are you laughing at? Keep staring directly <laughs> at me. <laughs> yeah, 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 it might be scared. staring at anyone in the vehicle. <laughs> That's what's going on here. Um, that is exactly what I said about the visuals <laughs> causing people to laugh. So I don't mean to. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Can we stare at a wall behind us or something? I don't I'd know. still be looking at. Well, I see the sign. <laughs> Got any more questions on your list? I, I do have more questions on my list. Okay. Um, what is your favorite part of being in the LGBTQ community? Men. Women. Neither. My favorite part is the jokes I get to make with my friends. Um, like, half the jokes I make, I couldn't make if I was straight because they'd come off as, like, odd, probably. Um, so, yeah, I love, I love calling my friends horrendous names. Next okay. Question. Let's go. Um, okay. How do you think that your not even just your journey, but your life would be different if you didn't have a community of friends and people who were either like 
LGBTQ or supportive? Because I know for me, a big um, factor in me being comfortable with coming out and even just acknowledging that, hey, I'm gay, has been my friends and them being open about who they are. I have a lot to add on this. I was a really bad person. Um, Like, in general, I was such a bad person to everyone. Like, I was mean to my friends. And, like, I would make fun of people all the time before. (laughs) I'm not talking about you, Finley. (laughs) Um, And, like, I... There was a rumor in fifth grade that me and my best friend were a lesbian couple. It was not true, but... I got so offended by it without knowing what being a lesbian was that I started calling other people lesbians. So I feel like if I was not, I would continue being a terrible person. So I'm kind I'm glad for that. I was never a terrible person like Cole was. (laughs) So I would be the exact same. The exact same. See, um... If by close definition, um, me making fun of my friends is a bad person, I think I would have been a better person. <laughs> um, right. Right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that, Finley You're and so Paul. Um, okay. So we're sort of not changing topics, but more going into that. I know... In the community, there we can joke a lot with each other about, like, you know, like, being homophobic because we know it's a joke, obviously. But when have you felt, like, discriminated against, actually, like, from straight people or just people in general um, for being LGBTQ? If you're comfortable sharing. Um, I have had two instances where I've been called slurs by not gay people. Um, And um, there's not really a way to describe how it feels. It was more of like, both times, a lot of shock. Like, it takes a second to process what just happened. And it's really, I, I wouldn't say I was offended by it. I mean, like deep down, I'm probably offended by it. But it, I feel like I, I've built up strength that it doesn't affect me. I've never been called slurs. Not gay slurs, at least. Oh. <laughs> However, it is a lot of shock. Cool is right. You don't really know what to do in that situation. I've never been called a gay slur, but I have been treated differently for being gay. Like, even sometimes from teachers, like, they'll behave with... Um, I have a teacher... Well. I'm going to say I had a teacher um, who um, he, like, treated the football kids and the jocks one way. And then when it came to me, he actually, like, lowered my grade by two points. And I called him out on it. Um, But stuff like that. um, And then there's also, like, me changing my name. Um, It wasn't always Roman. Like, I kind of – people judge me on that. And they, like, I guess that's not discrimination. But, like – with being trans in general i don't uh, there's not a lot of gender neutral bathrooms anywhere either like there's yeah (laughs) i want to veer off topic a little bit and say our school has one gender neutral bathroom one or two it's one it's one we want to it is so far from 
everywhere. It is only about, it's by the cafeteria. And when you are anywhere else in the school, it is, it's impossible to like, like use the bathroom that you want to. Because using other bathrooms, I don't feel comfortable using. Like I, I will try to go to the bathroom because I'm like on the third floor and I don't want to go down three flights of stairs to use the bathroom. And it's so uncomfortable for me. In so many ways. Yeah. On on that note, there, um, <laughs> I uh, I frequently have to misgender myself if I want to use the restroom, so I just avoid it. Um, because sometimes when I go into the bathroom, I can also get weird looks because I prevent uh, I present very um, masculine, like, um, and I go into the girls' bathroom and they're like, um, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be here either. There should be more bathrooms, but there's not. So hi. It's the worst thing. I wish there were more gender-neutral bathrooms and convenient spots. <laughs> um, I just remember when I was in, I think, oh god, I believe it was the, I think it was middle school. Um, I think, yeah, it was middle school. I believe it was sixth grade. Seven, maybe seven. No, it was six. No, seven. I don't know. Um, anyway. Seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those grades. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but there was a trans girl that I didn't even know was trans. Um, and I went in the bathroom one day and they were in there and I was like, oh, like, why is this girl in here? And I was like, oh, they must be trans. And I felt really bad for them because it's like, I can't imagine like having to go because there was no gender neutral bathrooms in the middle school at that time or like just any bathroom that they could have used otherwise so it was just like i felt so bad that like they had to go in there it's like because i mean luckily it was only me so i you know didn't say anything but i feel like if it was like any other like straight boy that went in there i feel like something bad could have happened it's just speaking of straight guys and middle school there were so many transphobic incidents between like my seventh grade and my eighth grade. It never happened to me because I'm not trans, but I saw it happen to other people and it was it was awful. Like sometimes there was this one guy who would like, he, he was a guy, he identified as a guy, but he would go into the girl's bathroom. He'd be like, well, I'm trans, I'm trans. Uh-uh. Oh. That ain't it, sis. Yeah, that, that's awful. Um, This is sort of, again, going into a different topic, still sort of staying there. Do you guys feel like there's misunderstandings within the LGBTQ community? Like within diff- people who identify as different things, like either lesbian, gay, transgender, non-binary, anything? Um, I think there are so many misunderstandings. The discord, discourse within this community and Discord is relative. It's, it's insane. Um, I feel like sometimes one member of some community will insert themselves into another community's business or um, one person will tell another person how they should be acting because of like how they present. Um, of course, I feel like this is more on an individualistic level rather than like as a community in general. Um, I think everyone is fine, but like there are some people who try and police everyone else to the point of madness. So yeah. Kind of piggybacking piggybacking off of what you were saying. <laughs> um, without claws or with claws. Um I uh 
I feel like in the community, there is a lot of being, like, only accepting towards certain groups of people. Like, there will be straight girls who idolize, like, gay men. And this is so common. And it it is really just weird to, like, hate on um, girls who like other girls and, but, like, love all the boys who like other boys. And it is, it's, like, difficult to understand why someone would do that. The thing I've noticed is that um, people within the, well, some people within the community view representation as a pie chart, and it's not a pie chart. Um, For example, whenever we get um, representation in, like, the lesbian community, for example, um, there might be some other, like, member of the community that's like, you got more reputation, uh, representation, um, so you're taking away from our representation, we need more, you have too much. And I think any type of representation is good for the community, and we shouldn't hate on each other for getting representation like we're all like struggling here we get it it's just be happy for each other like it's not it's not a pie chart another thing i find ridiculously problematic because i like inserting myself in the conversation um i think that like a lot of um members of the lgbtq community like try and keep other people that are a part of the lgbtq community that are different from them out of it like, I feel like I've seen so much bisexual and pansexual discourse because one is different from the other and they don't accept it. Um, so I feel like if everyone can just learn to accept each other um, instead of com- just preaching acceptance from, like, people who aren't a part of the community, I think it'd be easier. And we also need to stop forcing people out of the community, like asexuals and aromantic people. Like, they're still part of the community. Like, that's another problem we have. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, stuff like that can be so, so incredibly hurtful. And we've talked about discrimination from practically all realms. But um, if you guys would be okay talking about it, what do we have to say about Um, homophobic and transphobic legislature because recently especially in it's been it's been becoming more of a problem and it seems like we're going backwards like we've made progress but just it seems like everything's just being ruined i'm assuming you're talking about the don't say gay bill yes the don't say gay bill and legislature like that in florida and texas where they're um, claiming that parents who let their transgender children transition are um, committing child abuse. Um, I know it's a, like a big debate um, about like, I guess like personal rights versus like whatever. There shouldn't be a debate. <laughs> it, there shouldn't be, but I'm saying there is one, sadly. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, because like I know a big thing that like, has happened quite a few times um, is people that run businesses um, like rejecting LGBTQ customers because they state that it um, like their religion does not agree with it so that they have the personal right to not serve them. No, Um, I'm sorry. I don't know if you've ever brushed up on the constitution, but there's nothing saying that you have the personal right to reject customers based on your religion. 
all it says is that Congress cannot restrict your religion or promote religion in any way, but there's absolutely nothing that says you can reject customers. Like you have, like they're a customer. Like if you are running a business, like, and it's a big thing with doctors, like a lot, like, and I know doctors are more of a serious thing, but it applies to everything really. When you become a doctor, there's absolutely, you don't get a say in like who you can like, you know, treat or what you're a doctor, you treat who comes to you, you know, like I know that, um, I think I read once, like someone was talking about um, in their class um, because they were like in school to become a doctor and someone in their class was talking about like, like um, what if my, you know, religion doesn't agree with someone that comes into my office and the professor said, then this isn't the job for you. Get out. Like, because it's your duty to be helping people as a doctor. You don't get to pick and choose who you help. So it really applies to everything else. Like just because someone is something doesn't mean you get a free pass to reject them. You know, like it's a big thing. Like if, you know, religion said that like, oh, people that are left-handed are sinful because that was a thing at one point. Um, being left-handed was actually a sin. Um, like if nowadays someone was left-handed, you'd be like, oh no, I can't, you know, do business with you because you're left-handed and that doesn't agree with my religion, everyone would look at you and look like you're insane because no one cares about being left-handed. It's only because people care about LGBTQ people and sadly a lot of people don't accept them. So it's the fact that they can still make that argument that, oh, my religion says that like, you know, I don't agree with you so I can't help you. So it's just like, no. Religion once said that being left-handed was a sin. So you still help people that are left-handed. So, you know. Exactly. And I'm not caught up to date with my legislative lore. What is the don't say gay thing? I know of it. Like, I've heard of it. I just don't know what it is specifically. It is a little bit more complex, but the gist of don't say gay is essentially um, teachers are not allowed to teach or not say anything about LGBTQ history or anything current. Just um, in classrooms, in sexuality in general. Well, it, it was more than sexuality, but yeah. um, the reason it's called Don't Say Gay Bill is because it's supposed to protect pr- parental rights in the same way that, like, you can opt your kids out of, like, sex ed. Um, it's supposed to be, like, a continuation of that. Like, it's supposed to be protecting parental rights in the sense that if you don't want your children learning about this, um, then, like, you don't have to worry about them learning about this. But it essentially just completely, like, it's, it's essential we just a complete limitation to any teaching of LGBTQ people in schools, which is completely the opposite of what we need right now, because in a time when so many kids need to know about this, to know about themselves, to understand themselves, just in these states being allowed to like say, nope, your parents like don't want this for you, then you can't have this. And it's just, that's completely not true because a lot of people are afraid to come out to their parents. So like, it's just a simple issue of kids are not given rights. By the way, this is this um, is in Florida. So yeah, Florida. I, I don't know if I mentioned it in Florida. There. Other than the Don't Say Gay bill, there is other bills specifically towards trans people in sports. There is a lot of bills going around that prevents trans kids from able to participate in sports, which it's really difficult being a trans person who... Um, participates in sports who 
fear is that they won't be able to play sports because of people who think that I can't, like, box somebody. Um, in one of my classes once, uh, I believe it was my business law class, we talk about laws a lot um, in that class. So one of the things she brought up once was, you know, like, transgender people in sports. And I came up with the very simple answer of sports should not be based on, like, I'm just going to use swim, for example, because that's what we were talking about then. Sports should not be divided into um, boys swim and girls swim. That's, That's the base of the issue. It's because then you get the issue of, of, oh, if someone's trans and then like physically they're whatever, that becomes a whole mess. It just should be a simple issue of like removing boys swim, girls swim, and just be what level are you at? Because there could be someone that's not trans that, you know, whatever, and they want to say they're a girl and they're absolutely not trans and whatever, and they think they're proficient enough or whatever, you know, and they want to compete just if they want to compete with boys swim why not let them you know like it should just be skill level it should not be boys it's like whatever you think your capability is like if you think you're capable of being at a higher level why can't you be at a higher level you know like it's just a very simple issue of that like it it's the fact that it's even divided into two gendered things like ah yes men are stronger and faster so they should be in their own category and whatever no a woman can be just as strong and fast and swim just as fast as a boy why not let them be on the boys swim team um i completely agree with what was just said but i also want to add that these laws are being made by cishet white men who don't have the experiences that people in the community have So that causes a lot of issues because they just aren't educated enough to know about these issues that affect other people that aren't themselves. They only think about themselves and it hurts a lot of people when it thinks that way, like people think that way, you know? Um, So I think that's like, that's 100% the root of the problem. Um, And I think we need to have more diverse lawmakers and like stuff like that um, to help fight this problem. And they also think that if they make a law to try to hide it, that it will go away. It does not. We we won't go away. We it's it's useless to try to hide it in education. It will happen anyways. The only thing that you're going to do with making these laws is make these kids who are are already gay you know or like figuring themselves out or whatever um like you're only going to make them not like themselves you're only going to make people hate themselves and spread negativity that's all you're doing with those laws which could actually be the goal because it can be a lot about fear and control not only what's right and what's wrong okay um there was a lot just said a lot of good things a lot of true things that might be hard to hear but are very very important to hear and especially since now like it politics and everything it's so dreary and so like frightening to see because this affects a lot of people's lives and like Roman said the people who are in office don't see it because they don't they are not themselves transgender or any or gay or anything they are cis white old men typically and so they don't see these communities and these people and they don't understand and it's 
so disheartening to see and so angering. But like us being young and queer, what hopes do you guys have for the future? And it could be in politics or just in general with everything. I have hope in the future because a lot of our um, a lot of our generation we're uh, we're we're trying to stop like the discrimination. Like I'm not saying everyone does. Um, there's no way that everyone does. There's always going to be hate and stuff like that, but which is very sad. But I'm hoping in the future that we're able to have people in politics who are more diverse, like I said earlier, and we just normalize being who we are. Um, that's my hope for the future. <laughs> My hope for the future is that, I mean, eventually all the old white cis men in office are going to crumple over and die. So then the problem won't really be there. I'm excited. I'm excited. (laughs) They'll be replaced by other old men. (laughs) We'll then crumple off and die. My hope for the future is that we will be able to truly be more accepted on, like, a lot more accepted. I feel like now nowadays there is a lot of people that like they know about gay people whether they accept it or not. There is they know about gay people. I think that's a big thing that can definitely help us in the long run just being able to know that we exist. I think also no longer being the punchline of the straight man's joke. Um, is a big part of it because I do not, I, I honestly, if I had, you know, a quarter for every single time I've heard some random straight kid ha- using gay as like an insult or something like that, I would be a millionaire because like, that's just like, I honestly, it's uncountable amount of times I've just like, you know, being gay is the punchline of their joke. It's like, hi, I'm so glad you think my life's a joke. You know, I mean, it is, but you know, you don't need to say it. Um, I just kind of, I agree with Cole. I feel like if we are more normal, I just think normalization is what's needed. That's all I hope for. Um, I hope people just get used to gay people because like, obviously there's a lot of them and they're not going away anytime soon. So I feel like it'd be easier in the long run for every party involved if they just Um, accept them and normalize it as something. Um, Building off of what Colin said a second ago, I'm also tired of us being jokes like in media as well because for example John Mulaney who has a big queer audience had a um, transphobic um, comedian come on and like start his show and make jokes about uh, trans people and we need to stop that. That we're not jokes. Can we stop? <laughs> this is completely off topic and you can cut it out. I don't know why I even brought this over. Didn't he cheat on his wife? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And yeah. he had a, they had a baby. Oh. Yep. When he said he never wanted kids. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of... But she got the dog. She got the dog. She got the dog. She got the dog. <laughs> we probably will cut that out. Yeah, cut um, it out except for the she got the dog part. She yeah. got the dog. <laughs> right. No context. <laughs> okay. Um, oh my gosh. All right. Um, so going back to normalization, because it is so important. And how do you think we get there? Because I think, I mean, I know it's um, now becoming more present, uh, now becoming more present in, um, 
in media and online in general, there's being more coverage and people being more open, like we said. But do you think there needs to be changes in like the school? Because that's I feel like we're really like everyone goes to school. People might not be on the Internet, but I think something could change in the education system. Yes, I I was I wasn't going to talk about the education system, but I do agree with you. Um, I'm going to talk about my point, but I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I think that it's it's kind of sad that companies profit off of us during Pride, but I think that Pride and rainbow capitalism, as we call it, is definitely something that helps us be normalized, even though it's not really a great thing. It's still it's still us being normalized. I genuinely think that just talking about it is it's gonna help the more you hear about something the more you're like okay well that's normal to me because like growing up I wasn't taught that like gay people were bad or anything it was normalized so when I found myself I was like okay this is normalized also they don't teach gay sex ed (laughs) and I think they really should yeah no another thing is they completely like hide us in history like there's so many gay people in history and yet um like no one talks about it in school like i've never heard a story of like anyone being gay in history within school i've had to learn on my own which i think that should be normalized to learn about queer history um yeah definitely i just want to say what Personally, I just love this one story. Um, In German class... uh, (laughs) Oh, God. Why? Not German class. (laughs) Okay, I think it was freshman year. Oh, God. Um, My German teacher was giving us a lesson on um, a German king, Frederick the Great. Um, And I think the first thing she said in the lesson was that, like... Frederick the Gay or <laughs> Frederick <laughs> the Gay. Frederick the Great was probably gay. And that was one of the first things she said because um I mean why the thumbs down? Do we not like Frederick the Great. Frederick the Slay. Or is it just because he's German? It's because he's German. Oh, just because he's German. Um, Finley's not being homophobic, don't worry. Oh yeah, no. no. Just just being germophobic. Um Germophobic. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. Is Frederick the Great from the Holy Roman Empire? No. Oh, then never the mind. Roman Empire? No, I, the no, I believe Empire. I believe he was just um king of Prussia. Um anyway. But no, he like he had a wife and kids, but he did not live with them. Um they live separate like in separate like places in Germany altogether, not just like separate houses. Um and Frederick the Great would like uh, basically like party. He would like invite all the classical music uh, composers over and then he would throw uh, eccentric parties with them. And then when he was buried, he was not buried with his wife or his kids. He was buried with his dogs, which I think is great. Honestly, can we get, I know we were just talking about like gays in history. I think that's a fantastic story that gay people in history, folks. (laughs) All right. Would we like to talk more about our favorite gay or queer LGBTQ people in history? Because I know I have one that people might not know. Emily Dickinson was a lesbian. I and, knew it. She had the vibes. <laughs> okay. And um, this, I mean, there's a lot of history about it. There's a lot of letters. She was in love with her brother's wife, Sue Gilbert. 
and um, they had relations throughout their entire lives. And um, when Emily Dickinson died, she died uh, 27 years before Sue, but uh, Sue was the one who actually like prepared her body because nobody else wanted to do it. And I mean, that's really sad, but I, I just think they have a really sweet story. Um, there's a really good one about in ancient Greece. I believe it was the, um, I forget what the actual name was. I think it was like the Warriors of Thebes or something like that. Um, but they were like a band of entirely gay men. Sadly, they were still like sexist, but because, you know, like women couldn't be warriors or whatever, which sucks. Um, but it like the idea of basically their, I guess, troop it probably wasn't called a troop but basically the idea was that like you would fight better with the person you love so it was like an entire like group of warriors who were gay and like i think they did perform like really well in battle um but like that was the theory that like you perform better with the people you love i guess um so unlike elliot and unlike colin my favorite part of like gay history like people um gay people in history is the people who weren't out and the people who I have to guess if they're gay. Um, I think I've said before in this little podcast that um, I love guessing if people are gay or not. This holds true to my history. Um, so, for example, JFK, um, <laughs> he was never confirmed, um, like, straight or gay. But he wrote several letters um, to his best friend um, that were clearly more romantic than platonic. Um, have you seen that one photo of him? I yes. think we I know all have. I know what you're They look so happy together. Um, yeah, we don't have visuals on this podcast, but there are several photos of JFK and his best friend. Um, yeah, if you Google it, you'll find them. Yeah. yeah. Another person in history that I know of, which um, he's not my favorite. I just want to say him because a lot of people know him since he's been um, more um, popularized lately. I think that's how you say it. Anyways. Um, Alexander Hamilton, who had his letters censored to John Lawrence because his like after he died, his sons read through his letters and they were like, "Guys, we can't have this in the public." <laughs> like it was very explicit, apparently, and like very. Um. Anyways, it, it's like we're like ninety nine percent sure he was bisexual. Anyways, <laughs> are you a Hamilton kid? I, I'm not a Hamilton kin. Are you sure? No, no, kid. I just oh. <laughs> Well, oh, fan. Okay. Um, when I was younger, um, it was the first thing that got me into theater. Can you tell? Me too. <laughs> mm. I'm sorry. I'm. Um, I have more taste now. <laughs> I had to do a project on like some just the, we had to do a project on like just the people that signed the con- or the Declaration of Independence or whatever. Um, and one of them, the person I got assigned to was Governor Morris. And when I was doing like research into him. Not saying he's gay, but um, based on his life story, it's a little gay. I mean, like, he um, he had an incident where I think he, like, lost his leg. Um, and then after he lost his leg, he went, to, I think he was sent as, like, a delegate to Europe. Um, and he, like, traveled around Europe for, like, a really long time by himself. Um... And then when he got home, like, back to America, um, he was, like, 50, and he, like, 
married, had a single child, and then died. Not saying he's gay, but it's awfully suspicious that, like, he was doing great without a leg, roaming around Europe for, like, you know, a good, like, 30 years. But then when he got back and got married and had a kid, he just croaked. Back on the topic of queer presidents um, of JFK, um, because there is a lot about that that I think we kind of got some other topics um i i think that it's it was it was more than just finley thinks it it truly was a relationship i mean so, i told I you i've never that. been wrong before so. <laughs> um am i allowed to talk about current legislature yeah yes, we already did of course. so um lindsey graham now hear me out on this one um i'm sorry who lindsey graham He's uh, an old white man in Congress. Oh. Um, that's very descriptive. But yeah, he, yeah. he's unmarried. He's never been married. And he lives with his male roommate. Oh, they were roommates. Of, like, <laughs> and they were roommates. Several decades. Oh, decades. Oh, decades. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's gay, but I've never been wrong. So. <laughs> he does hate the gays awful. He hates them a lot. So I'm just saying, there's some internalized something there's some, there's going some internalized on. stuff going on there. All right, yeah, that that was great. That was a great little tangent we went on. Yeah. Um, uh, this is not really relevant because we're going into more fictional LGBTQ people, but do we want to talk about representation? We can talk about the good, the bad, what we think is harmful, what's in like movies, television, or even literature. I was wronged by Voltron. Oh no. Oh no, not the queer baiting. <laughs> no. I don't know who that is. No, we don't Daniel. have to get into it. We don't have to talk about it. Let's cut you it. We don't, Voltron we don't even have to hear we don't we don't even have to hear about it. New <laughs> I'm gonna talk about some new <laughs> some new representation that personally, Elliot, I want you to talk to. Um, because I know Elliot also likes this oh, new thing that I have This isn't Heartstopper, is it? Oh, it is Heartstopper. It's Heartstopper. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's turn this into a review podcast for a minute. Oh, no. Um <laughs> Oh, sorry, no, I just got a twinge in my shoulder. Oh, okay. Um I have it's a webcomic that I've been reading for about a year now. I do have the book in my bag. Yeah. Yes. Um, but uh, I really like Heartstopper. I think it's got great representation with, like, there's lesbians, there's trans character, there's gay characters, bi characters, and I I love the show, so. Yes, it's amazing. There, uh, It started as a webcomic and became books, and now it's a show on Netflix. And it's just very, like, it covers the difficult side of being queer but it also it celebrates queer humor. yes and it, it makes you feel all the emotions it's it makes me so happy like just to see the story told but it also like covers the entire range of emotions because it is it's so honest and it's so like yeah it's amazing yes. I would highly recommend it 
I'm going to steal the mic before they ramble for too long about Heartstopper. Um, one for me um, right now, I mentioned it earlier, is Owl House. And if I had representation like that when I was a kid, like, for example, Rain, who is a non-binary character, character uses they, them pronouns. If I had something like that when I was younger, I would have, like, stopped that internal conflict of, like, questioning if I was non-binary or what I am or whatever. That would have been so much easier for me. And there's other characters like Shira, um, Double Trouble is also non-binary. And since they're starting to get more representation for it, I'm hoping little kids won't have to have that much of a questioning, like, what even is this, like, type of phase that a lot of kids nowadays had. Um, so I'm going to move into the more negative aspects of representation, because that's kind of my thing. Um, so I feel like something that we should kind of shy away from is this whole idea that you should only have one gay person in the entire um, show because I remember we were talking about this way earlier um, and I think we should touch on it now because it's just it's really harmful um, when um, representation becomes a competition um, between every letter of the LGBTQ community um, and then another thing I think we should stop is having characters that are like implied after the um, story or are told by the author but not are explicitly written. I was going to talk about Harry Potter. Um, And I'm going to talk about this because I just saw The Secrets of Dumbledore and it's been on my mind. Um, Dumbledore, uh, he was confirmed gay literally like three or four years after the uh, books were written by J.K. Rowling. Um, We can talk about her another time. (laughs) What's that? What's that? Um, but, a whole can of worms. Yeah. But a rotting can of worms. A can of worms. A tin can be. that's been cracked open yeah. is now moldy. Um, but anyways, <laughs> I just he was never implied as gay. He was never even written in any capacity to have the reader think he was gay. But she just confirmed him as gay in like some type of attempt to seem woke, I guess. If I could find a better word, I would. Um, and then in the most recent movie, he's portrayed completely differently than we see him in the books in order to play off of his gay relationship with the villain of that movie. So I find making um, a character's entire personality as gay another problem we should resolve because it just takes away from the whole normalization thing. Um, also a big issue with that like Disney heavily falls into is making the gay the people that are very much like gay um acting rather um would be a eh, kind of weird term but um but making their villains very like gay queer coded thank you um and it's just like and again what you said with dumbledore like it's not like a coincidence that when Dumbledore was closer to the person that was evil that they made him more gay. It's like they're purposefully doing it so that like they're trying to make like it's almost like they're making that connection between gay and bad like. Um, And also by like companies doing this, they're making more stereotypes that are harmful for the community. And another thing that we need to talk about is the stereotypes in general, like stop 
making these characters these stereotypes because it leans into that one story type of thing. Um, there's no one right way to be gay, um, and we shouldn't be forcing this one idea out there consistent, like over and over and over again. That's horrible, you know. Something that's like I'm perfectly happy with. That's like even though it's not confirmed, like in the slightest whatsoever. But something I'm perfectly happy with, with just like kind of accepting it, is um, in the newest Encanto movie, um, Luisa is like, not officially, but she's basically like, um, what is it? Not engaged? She's engaged or betrothed? Betrothed to this man. And she does not love him, but she wants to do it for the family, whatever. It's Isabella. Yeah. No, oh, did it's I say? not Luisa. Did um, I say Luisa? You said Luisa. Oh, sorry. I meant Isabella, rather. Yeah. Sorry. Um. I just made a mistake there. Whoops. Yep, don't worry. But, like, you know, she doesn't end up with the man she... Spoilers, I guess, for Encanto. If you have not watched it, you should. Um, but, yeah, like, really, I... Like, it's just... She doesn't end up with the man because she doesn't love him. Like, she was just doing it because she felt like she needed to. And that feels like a very good allegory for, like, the gay experience. Like, she did not love who she thought she was supposed to love and like in the end she ends up happier because she did not end up marrying the person that she you know was thought she meant she had to marry and that seems very gay so like i mean you know it's not confirmed in any other in 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 encanto in in encanto i can tell you i cannot speak spanish to save my life it's Encanto. It's, it's Encanto. Okay. Yeah, I take German for a reason. <laughs> okay, in, in, in Encanto, Mirabel is wearing a bisexual pride pin on her dress. So it's. I think that that is a good way to add representation into movies and shows, like like in. Um, in um, Multiverse of Madness, one of the characters also wears a pride pin. Um, and in, I think there was um like a animated movie about robots or something. I don't remember the name of it, but because I didn't watch it, but she also had a pride pin. And I think that is a good way for representation. Yeah, that was um I think you're talking about the Mitchells versus the Machines, yes. which that character was also she was revealed to be like explicitly gay at the end. But yeah, that. I think stuff, it's very important to have things targeted for kids that are queer, like She-Ra and the Owl House. I mean, the Owl House more maybe mature a little bit, but... It, it's like it's a kids. Oh. No, it's a kids show, like okay. by rating. Well, it has a bunch of like horror elements. It's still it a kids point. show by it rating. Is, it is, I guess. <laughs> um, another thing that that fits in along with what you guys were saying, um, in Amphibia, a show that just recently ended, um, in the last episode... Uh, Sasha Waybright has a bisexual sticker on the mirror of her car. So, you know, that's a little subtle hint that she's bisexual. I feel like being negative again. Oh, um, right. So I, I love all this representation. I think it's a fantastic thing. Um, but I don't think we should be praising it just as much because put, throwing a bi uh, flag on America in Doctor Strange, fantastic. No, it was not Was it gay? She's a lesbian, sorry. It was progressive? Okay, I don't remember. I, I didn't like America. Um, you didn't like America? We can talk about that later. Okay, fine, fine, that's fine. This is some you discourse. didn't like America? Like, you didn't like the country America? No, no there's I a didn't character like the named character. America. Oh, there's With a lesbian moms. No, it's both. She had lesbian moms. <laughs> Anyways, um, I didn't, I didn't like her character, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I think that it's like it's such a small thing, 
that for so many members of the LGBTQ community to be praising it in such a manner, I think it's just, it's a cop-out for, like, movies. Um, and if they're praised so heavily, they're just going to keep doing it rather than implement actual gay romance or characters. Yeah, I completely agree on that because I feel like um, there are a lot of movies that just slap a pin on someone and call it a day. But in the end, we do need the actual representation there. Like you can say, oh, this character is gay. But if you don't really do anything about it, then like, I don't know, it's not really helping with our representation cause there, you know. Okay, I think I think you're so right. Like it's important for there to be explicit queer characters, not just like showing it so that only members of the LGBTQ community would identify it or that people who are homophobic or in some cases countries, because there are like, I know some companies like Disney will not include this, these storylines because they're afraid of getting like banned in countries, which is a whole nother issue. But yeah, I think, I don't even know where I was going with that. But for LGBTQ people to be normalized, there needs to be, it needs to be, their stories need to be told explicitly, not just through the lens of taking the, the quote unquote easy way out and not having to, you know, actually do anything. I just want to say, like, um, I don't know about you, but I get an absolute thrill out of being illegal in what, like 78 countries? <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah. It's 73. 73. 73. I was close, though. 73 countries. Yeah, that we like, could, we could, could go Could you imagine that. that? Like, in some countries, I could just travel there and get immediately executed. That's great. I mean, no, it's not. That's a joke. Yes. No. Okay. Um, yes. All right. I think we need to close up soon. Unfortunately. I'm sorry. But um, does anyone have anything they really want to add in um i just i'd like to say um i know if someone's questioning themselves they're probably not watching watching this podcast but if they are i'd like to say that um you take your time really figure yourself out don't try and put yourself in a box just because i don't know um another person is in that box um and the community will wait for you. It's not going anywhere. So don't try and rush to throw yourself into it without fully understanding who you are. Um, and yeah, that's it. I was going to say what Finley said, but I'll say something else because I don't want to repeat. Um, more of like, you just be who you are. What other people's opinions of you don't affect who you are. You are still going to be you no matter how anyone else wants you to be don't try and force yourself to be a certain way because other people want you to be this isn't even for people who are questioning this is just for people in general who cares what other people think genuinely yes just just do what you want and if they have a problem with it who cares um always make sure to talk to a trusted adult as well like literally talk to people um there are help like there is help available um for if you're questioning yourself or if you ever need anything there is always someone there who can help you there yeah there is um 
it might not seem like it. There might not be in-person support available, and I'm not sure if anyone has any resources they'd like to share, but there are online. We will put in the description of this podcast links, and there are charities, organizations that will help you, and it, it may seem difficult right now, but you're not alone, I think, is a big thing. You are not alone in if you're struggling, there are other people who are right there with you, who are having a difficult time, who are struggling to figure out who they are. And like Finley was saying, you don't have to rush yourself. You take as much time as you need. It's, we're people, we're not gonna be 100% sure of ourselves and you never have to be. You, I mean, sexuality, gender, it's it's fluid. You, you shouldn't feel ashamed to have to change your labels or anything like that, you can, take time to figure out who you are, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But um, yeah. I also, one more thing that I kind of said before, um, what people say about you shouldn't affect how you feel about yourself that much. Like other people's opinions aren't your own. So I just kind of want to put that out there. It doesn't really specifically it doesn't specifically just affect um, LGBTQ people, but I think it's important. Being gay is not a choice. Love Ye- yourself. That's your answer. <laughs> All right. That's some. Those are some great. Uh, that's some great advice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, we don't have a defined outro, but yeah, if we want to say gay rights or something, (laughs) that would be awesome. Okay. Thank you guys so much for being here. I really appreciate you coming to talk. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Should we close out with a hearty gay rights? Three, two, one. Gay rights! Thank you to today's guests for sharing their time with us on the New Milford Youth Agency podcast from YA Media, where our goal is to serve our community and promote communication, education, and awareness. Thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning in. We have LGBTQ plus resources and hotlines in the description. 